Hello, and welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast, a chance for you to hear from leaders across century and subject matter experts about issues that impact all of us. In this episode, we'll hear talent specialist Gail Elborn in conversation with Michelle Walker, a champion in promoting mental health awareness and the past chairman of the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. Then, Gail will chat with Leslie Radonovich, manager of corporate safety programs, about workplace and domestic violence and signs we should all be looking for. We're very grateful for the opportunity to discuss mental health and its impact on safety in the construction community with Michelle Walker. Michelle is a champion of mental health awareness in our community and has published national articles to bring light to these issues. During our first interaction with Michelle, her passion around this topic inspired us to be a torchbearer to assist in destigmatizing mental health issues and to provide our employees and leaders with the tools and resources to empower them with personal success. Welcome, Michelle, and thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me and for uh, being willing to uh, promote this topic and share some information on why this is a topic that we're talking about in construction and some things that we can do to help correct this issue uh, and the tools and resources that are available to do that. So some people are really shocked when we start talking about mental health and suicide prevention in the construction industry. And yet it's so important that we do so. Construction occupations are the most at risk for suicide deaths of any other occupation. And that's based on CDC studies and statistics of actual uh, suicide data. And so this definitely is an issue in the construction industry. Uh, but we want to talk about things before they get to that point of suicide. And uh, mental health is a huge component of it. The reality is mental health is a global issue and it's a huge cultural issue within our, our nation. Uh, one in four to one in five working age adults will be experiencing a mental health condition such as depression or anxiety at any one time. So when you think about uh, you know, looking at a job site and you think about a quarter of those people could be experiencing some sort of mental health condition at any time, it really kind of brings those numbers home. And the unfortunate part is that less than half overall of those adults will seek treatment for it. So over half, probably closer to 60% of adults living with a mental health condition are not uh, seeking treatment. And that's really unfortunate because early intervention uh, and treatment can be extremely effective in helping them overcome and uh, learning to live with and live productively beyond these conditions. When we look at the construction industry, it's likely that those treatment rates are even lower. The demographics of construction, which is highly male, could be a somewhat transient workforce that may not have access to long-term benefits such as group health care, which would provide that access to mental health care, plus just the stigma around mental health. And in our industry, that is pretty tough to get the job done and not to let anything get in the way. The idea of talking about or asking for help with a mental health condition can really be a barrier. And so because of those factors, it's likely that you know, people that are working in the construction industry and that have a mental health condition that they're living with are probably not seeking treatment. And so what we want to do is break down the barriers and break down the walls so that they can uh, feel comfortable to ask for help and feel comfortable accessing care without any fear of being made fun of or looked down upon or, or looked like that they are weaker than others. 
And when we really overlay that topic of mental health with the uh, topic of workplace safety and construction, uh, it really drives home the importance of why this is something that we need to be talking about and addressing. So when somebody's living with a mental health condition uh, that isn't being treated, it's likely that it's going to affect their job performance, their attention to detail, their ability to focus, their ability to you know, pay attention to, to multiple situations going on around them is going to be diminished. And all of those factors can lead to safety hazards. So somebody who may be experiencing depression or anxiety, or maybe it's not even a, a mental health condition, but it's something that uh, they're going through personally, they're going through some kind of personal life trauma, um, something that is taking their focus and they're not being able to cope with it and productively deal with it. All of those things can lead to uh, safety concerns because they're just not going to be able to give their complete focus and attention to the job site safety. That's why it's really important that we address these topics you know, as part of an overall comprehensive safety program so that we are helping them stay safe from themselves when we look at suicide risk. And we're also helping keep them and their coworkers safe physically um, so that they can be, you know, give their full attention to the job and, and work safely and productively. When we overlay it in the industry and some of the other factors, one of the other things that really can come into play is opioid use. Construction, uh, along with having the highest suicide rate, it also has the highest rates of opioid misuse and opioid overdose deaths. And some of that stems to uh, just workplace injuries. So when we look at safety overall and keeping people safe from uh, physical harm, that's definitely a preventative factor in keeping people safe from opioids. If there is a workplace injury and there are opioids prescribed, it's educating people on the importance of, you know, the duration being as minimal as possible, trying to provide alternate therapies, alternate treatments, because the reality is one in four that are prescribed an opioid will become addicted. And so really helping to educate our workforce that there are alternatives and not becoming that, that gateway or that path to misusing opioids is really important. Because when you overlay opioids with a potential mental health condition, opioids can become a self-medicating tool and will prevent people even further from seeking proper mental health treatment. And uh, when opioid misuse and addiction becomes an issue, that combined with mental health becomes a huge comorbidity issue and suicide becomes just exponentially more likely. So all of those factors combined uh, really just points to the fact of how important it is to, first of all, talk about mental health on the job sites, on, in the workplace, uh, everywhere that we can to start making it a more normal conversation. In fact, I would love if we stopped calling it mental health and it just became part of overall physical health because you know the brain is as much a part of the body as the heart or the skin or our bones and all of the different parts that we just consider part of our physical being the brain is part of that too and maybe maybe the most important part trying to destigmatize and make people feel more comfortable to ask for help is a really important tool and then putting those preventative factors in place to prevent opioid misuse and to uh, recognize it and treat it if needed can both go a long ways towards keeping our workplaces safer and also reducing that suicide risk. So to help with all of that, we created the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention um, to tr try to unite the industry and affiliated you know, users of construction and supporters of construction to help address these issues. PreventConstructionSuicide.com is our website, and there are a host of tools on there to improve your own mental health literacy, which can go a long ways then to helping uh, better communicate with others 
um, as well as just tools to give the workforce. There's articles on there, there's webinars, there's also a great training that is great for anybody in a, in a leadership or management role to take, and it's called Living Work Start. Limited licenses are available at no cost, and then additional licenses can be obtained at a greatly reduced cost. It's about a 90-minute online-based uh, suicide prevention training that helps you recognize the signs that somebody may be struggling and then equips you to be able to help them if they need help. There's lots of resources available in the community that we should have um, available and promote to the workforce, such as the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255, the Crisis Text Line, which you can just text anything just to get the conversation started to 741-741. And then in addition, um, your EAP, your Employee Assistance Program, um, has resources available um, that should be promoted so that people can use those and access those. And then as well as uh, any group health benefits that cover behavioral health or mental health can be promoted so that people know how to access those and how to access the care that's available. And then uh, other resources that can be um, used and distributed to start the conversation and start people talking about this and, and get people more comfortable in even you know, hearing these words um, that maybe then make it more probable that they're going to come and ask for help. On the website, again, there are posters available that can be printed and, and hung up, you know, where your normal job site and safety posters are. We have wallet cards that can be ordered um, that list the warning signs for suicide that people can carry with them in their wallets, along with having the crisis text line and suicide prevention lifeline listed so that they have those resources available if they need to share those with somebody. And we even have hard to hat stickers available that encourage people, you know, just to kind of keep that message front and center and possibly start a conversation. There's a lot out there and it really just starts with, you know, getting that conversation started and then creating a culture where people feel safe to ask for help. That's really where everything starts. And then we've got the tools in place to help you take it from there. Great information, Michelle. Where can we locate some more of these community resources? So uh, preventconstructionsuicide.com is our website, and everything that I've referred to is available on there, including the Living Works training, access to those posters and wallet cards, as well as having you know, all of those different phone numbers and resources listed uh, that people can obtain there and make sure that they have in their resource directory. I think another piece that is relevant now with the pandemic, with so many people in quarantine, how have you seen mental health impacted? You know, we're so thankful in the construction industry, for the most part, people have been able to continue working, but that sense of community has uh, certainly been diminished. So something that's really important is making sure that there's some way that you're keeping in front of and in touch with uh, the workforce so that struggles that they're having can be recognized and, and help can be provided. I think it's really an, an opportune time to share this message because uh, the awareness of mental health and the struggles that people are having are so much more um, front and center and publicly spoken about. And so it's a really great time to actually share this information. It's really an important time to pay attention to people who may have had addiction struggles in the past because access to uh, support groups has really been limited. And so making sure that they have found alternate sources of support or that they've you know, moved to virtual format or something like that, because that's an area where we've really seen an increase in problems is with people who were seeking help for addiction treatment. And then those resources and channels got cut off because of the quarantine and 
people not meeting in person and things like that. So, so checking in on those is really important. And then just being aware that even though your workforce may have been generally unimpacted and, and they may be working you know, as, as normally as we possibly can at this time, they might be experiencing a lot more stress at home. So maybe they have a spouse that got laid off or maybe their spouse is working from home in addition to you know, trying to take care of the kids who are all at home and things like that. And so the, I think the at-home stress levels um, maybe a lot greater than people were experiencing before. And so just tuning into that and paying attention. And if there's resources that you have available that you can help people with or provide them with, um, I think that's really key. But just recognizing that just because maybe our immediate workforce hasn't been impacted, um, the impact on them might still be there through family needs. And so, you know, providing them with the resources to help them through that is really key. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle, for providing such a great overview on mental health and the impact that it has had. Very insightful. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about workplace violence and safety. Joining us is Leslie Radinovich, Manager of Corporate Safety Programs. Thank you for joining us, Leslie. So let's jump right into it. Due to COVID-19, the vast majority of employees are now working from home, making their home their workplace. Physical and emotional violence are actually much more prevalent than some might realize. According to statistics, one in four women and one in seven men may experience severe physical violence from an intimate partner in their lifetime. The loss of work is an escape, increased stresses from COVID-19, job loss and financial setbacks can all increase the risk of violence and abuse at home. Uh, as an employer, we have a responsibility to ensure all employees have a safe workplace. Even if that violence occurs away from work, it can still significantly impact an employee's job performance. As you said, Leslie, partner violence typically does occur at home. With so many now working from home, can you talk more about how this can impact someone's work experience? Statistics actually indicate that 83% of partner violence victims report an inability to do their job properly and to their full potential. Half of those victims reported absenteeism of one or more days as well. So when an individual is being impacted by physical or emotional violence, it can greatly impact their job duties and cause a decline in job performance. Additionally, healthcare costs are higher as well. Physically abused victims experience a 42% higher cost rate than non-victims. What can we do if we suspect someone might be in a physically or emotionally abusive situation? As an employer, we can recognize, respond, and refer. The first step is recognizing the signs of abuse. After all, we can't fix something if we don't know what's happening. According to the National Safety Council, there are several signs and symptoms to look for. This can be unexplained absenteeism, changes in behaviors, a decline in job performance, emotional responses to criticism and feedback, and resistance to changes at work. That's not a full list. The extensive list can actually be found on their website. If you visit nsc.org, there's definitely a full list and some other resources available. The next step is responding. While most employers aren't experts on this issue and they're not expected to be, we still must be able to respond effectively. Lastly, as employers, we need to be able to refer. We have to be able to provide internal and community resources to potential victims. These can include Century's Employee Assistance Program, federal, state, and local agencies who can offer support, and any additional resources. So Leslie, what if I'm a victim? Where should I turn? 
first thing to do is ensure your own safety and that of your family, but know that Century is here for you. Uh, it can be uncomfortable sometimes to speak with fellow employees or supervisors about this topic, and therefore we do offer an employee assistance program that offers private counseling sessions that remain confidential. We also offer legal assistance to those that need it, and we have an employee relations team that can assist with recommending a shelter or granting a leave of absence, or providing additional resources that an employee may need. You mentioned the EAP program. Where can we go to find that? It can be accessed online, but if you have any questions, you can absolutely reach out to our employee relations team and they can set you up and help you create a login and an account and make sure that you're all squared away to get the help you need. How can we use this as an opportunity to educate our workforce? It's really important for employers to create a positive culture. Uh, we want to prioritize physical, emotional, and psychological safety for every employee that works for Century. As leaders and as management teams, we can communicate and create awareness. It's really important as well to acknowledge that this is a workplace issue and not just an issue that happens at home. Promoting the signs and symptoms that we talked about earlier can create a culture where employees feel safe raising their hand, speaking up, and asking for help if they need it. Thank you again, Leslie, for bringing awareness to this subject and for offering resources that we can use to help ourselves as well as others. Is there anything else you would like to mention before we wrap up today? We would just like everyone to know that Century really cares about our employees' physical safety and their psychosocial well-being. Uh, we want everyone to know that we are here for you. If you do need any assistance, you can reach out to our corporate safety team or our employee relations team, and we can point you in the right direction. Uh, we really care about all of our employees, and we know that these times have been very difficult. So we're here to provide the resources that you need. Here at Century, we are here for you. Whether the issues we discussed today are impacting you personally or not, we can all be a better team by looking out for one another and being aware of the signs to look for. In our next episode of Solid Ground, we'll discuss how our team members have balanced work and family while many of us work from home.